Greetings to you from the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ and from the Lord Jesus Christ himself. I am the voice of one crying in the wilderness of this world and life. Prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make straight every great path. Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. In our last broadcast, we spoke of the spiritual slum in which Samuel grew up. Yet God wanted to speak to him. Irrespective of the spiritual state of the environment in which you are growing as a believer, as a Christian, I want you to know that God's desire is to speak to you. And you will hear God's voice when your own desire for God is strong. As long as your desire is for the presence of God, as we saw in the case of Samuel, who was sleeping close to the Ark of the Covenant, a figure of the presence of God. You will hear God speak to you. The question really is, how hungry are you for God? The Bible says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6 says, They that do hunger and thirst after righteousness shall be filled. So if your hunger for God and your, your thirst, your longing for Him is that strong, you definitely will hear God speak to you. In this broadcast, we want to talk about the need to hear from God. Your need to hear from God. Why do you need to hear from God? Number one, in the generation that we are living in, the need to hear from God cannot be overemphasized. We live in a generation of fake news. We live in a generation where algorithms have been developed or social networks that messages can be pushed to you whether you want them or not. We live in a generation of photoshopping, of video shopping, of audio manipulation. It is getting more and more difficult to know what is the truth and what is false. Then, of course, there are also the noise of politics, the noise of business, the noise of even ministry. And in all of this noise, it's difficult to hear God speak. So there's a need for us to get to the place where God can speak to us and where we can actually hear from God. Then, of course, there are the false prophets, the false pastors, the false teachers, the false apostles, the false churches, false messages, everyone claiming to be speaking for God. How, what, what else can we We need more and more, more and more than ever to be able to cross-check what we're hearing. Is this from God or is it from other source? In Matthew chapter 24, verse 11 and verse 24. Matthew chapter 24, verse 11 and verse 24. The Bible says in verse 11, Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. In verse 24, it says, For false Christs and false prophets will rise and show great signs and wonders to deceive, if possible, even the elect. The goal of the false prophets and false ministers is to deceive, even if possible, the very elect. And many right now, as I speak, have been deceived. It is important, therefore, that we do not take for granted everything we hear from pulpits that they are all from God. Because we know, and we've seen cases where pastors have spoken, they've even quoted scriptures, and they've quoted them amiss. You and I need to go back to the Bible and find out what that scripture is really saying and seek God for interpretation. In 1 Kings chapter 22, we see a very cogent example. The example of King Ahab, King Jehoshaphat from Judah had visited him. He was the king of Israel, the ten tribes. And it suddenly dawned on him that, oh, 
he needed to go and take Ramoth Gilead that it belonged to Israel and wanted Jehoshaphat to go with him. So Jehoshaphat asked him, please, let's consult with God, you know, let's seek God's face. And then Ahab brought his prophets, about 400 or so in number. And they began to prophesy. And were telling Ahab, go, God has given you the victory. Go, God has given you the victory. And they did all manner of demonstration to prove that he will win the battle. But Jehoshaphat, being a man of discernment, discerned and said, look, sir, isn't there another prophet that you can get? He said, oh, there's one, but he doesn't just tell the things that I like. So you can see that Ahab did not want to hear the voice of God. He knew that Micaiah would say the truth, but he was not interested. Anyway, he was prevailed upon and they sent for Micaiah. When they sent for Micaiah, Ahab told Micaiah, what is the Lord saying concerning my going to the battle? Micaiah at first said to him, go, you will prosper. Then Ahab turned and said to Micaiah, don't, don't lie to me. Tell me the truth. So you see, Ahab knew the truth, but he just chose to be deceived. And then Micaiah told him, he said, I was in a meeting. I saw God speaking to his angels and saying, who can we send to who will go and mislead and deceive Ahab to go to war? I want to kill him in that battle. And he said, many of them were giving suggestions. Finally, a lying spirit came and said, I will go into his prophets and become a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophet. God said to that, to pray, go, you will prosper. Why? Because God knew that Ahab loved to hear lies. He wasn't ready for the truth. So Micaiah, being privy to that conversation, was bold enough to say to Ahab that God has determined to kill you. That is why you are being misled into battle. And for all of that, Ahab still went to that battle. And of course he died. And before he left, he told them to put Micaiah in prison. In fact, one of Ahab's first prophets came and slapped Micaiah on the face. And said, where did the Spirit of God leave me to come to you? He had taken it upon himself that the Spirit of God was only going to speak to him and his fellow false prophets. And Micaiah told him that, don't worry, very soon you will see who is speaking the truth when you are not able to rise up from your bed. And he told Ahab, since you say you are going to battle, we will see whether what I'm saying is the truth, whether you will return or not. Of course, we know the end of the story that Ahab never returned. He was killed in that battle. Micaiah was able to stand solo in spite of the numerous voices telling Ahab that he should go to battle and, and that he will prosper. Why was he able to do that? Because he had heard from God. We are living in a time where you need to be sure that you are hearing from God. Many people are saying many things today. All you need to do is go to social media and use, and these are Christians. These are people that we will, we will trust, saying all kinds of things. And you need to be able to hear from God to know whether what they are saying is the truth or not. Many as we speak are beating the drums of war in the church, already galvanizing people who would arise to fight. We are in the Bible. Are we told to do that? If anything at all, the Bible says that we are supposed to pray for those in leadership. Because God said to the children of Israel, when they went into captivity, he said, pray for the peace of the land that I'm sending you to. For in the peace of that land, you will have peace. If we pray for the peace of this nation, we will also enjoy peace. Why do we drum the beats of war? Many of the people who are drumming the beats of war never heard from God, but they claim that they heard from God. They are stirring up all kinds of wrong emotions in people and people are buying into those things my prayer is that god will deliver us from that even as we make ourselves available to hear from god the need to hear from god i repeat cannot be overemphasized 
If anything at all, it is even more urgent now than ever before. Secondly, if you choose not to hear God for yourself, you will be deceived. And it will not be anyone's fault. It will be your fault. Because it pleased you, like Ahab, to believe a lie. In Jeremiah chapter 5, Jeremiah chapter 5, God made a remarkable statement. And I'm going to read just two verses there. Verse 30 and verse 31. Jeremiah chapter 5, verse 30 and verse 31. This is what God says. An astonishing and horrible thing has been committed in the land. The prophets prophesy falsely and the priests rule by their own power. And my people love to have it so. But what will you do in the end? People are lying and many people like it like that. They love it. They are happy because it is something that their flesh desires. Yeah. People love to go to meetings where they tell them that they will prosper. When the truth about the gospel is about eternity, not about making money here on earth. It's about what God, the inheritance that God has stored up for us in heaven. In 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. 2 Peter chapter 2, verse 1 to 3. Peter is writing here, he says, But there were also false prophets among the people that is in, in ancient Israel, even as there will be false teachers among you who will secretly bring in destructive heresies, even denying the Lord who bought them, and bring on themselves swift destruction. And many will follow their destructive ways, because of whom the way of truth will be blasphemed. By covetousness, they will exploit you with deceptive words. For a long time, their judgment has not been idle, and their destruction does not slumber. Peter is warning us, as in the time of old, where there were false prophets, there also will be false teachers in this generation who will begin to bring doctrines that have no basis in Scripture. And there are many, too numerous for me, for me to begin to mention. Doctrines that have no basis. Some of the doctrines will tell you to go and do assignment. I don't understand where we get these things from. You will see somebody who says he or she is born again. And they will take, tell you to go and bring padlock because some people locked you up. So they need to replace the old padlock with new padlock and open you. Meanwhile, you don't know that you're getting yourself into more trouble. Let me tell you something. If indeed you are born again, this salvation that you were given at your new birth is a total and complete salvation. It may happen in degrees, but it's a total and complete salvation. You don't need to add anything from anywhere. What you just need is knowledge. The Bible says, I think that's in Proverbs chapter 11 verse 9. It says, by knowledge shall the righteous be delivered. Those who are already righteous, those who have already been declared righteous and have been made righteous by the Holy Spirit, they will be made free. They will be delivered by knowledge as they open themselves up to the word of God. In Revelation chapter 22, speaking about those who love lies, where they will be in eternity. In Revelation 22, verse 14 to 15, the Bible says, Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life, and may enter through the gates into the city. Those who desire the commandment of God, who desire to do the word of God, the Bible says they are entering into the city by the gate. They cannot jump in. There's no, in fact, there's no way you can, you can get crashed now. In verse 15, it says, But outside, outside of heaven, which is automatically hell, are... Dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. People who love lies, you are not going anywhere. At least not to heaven. Hell will be the place 
that such a person will go to. I do not say it out of glee. I say it to send a word of caution, a strong word of caution, so that we do not love lies. If you love a lie, you will not be able to hear God. Because if God has been speaking to you and he says that you love lies, he will not speak to you like the case we looked at, the case of Ahab. They have loved lies. Even when they told him the truth and he knew what the truth was, he still followed the deception of lies. My prayer is that God will help you to turn away from falsehood and turn to what is right. In 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 3 and 4. The Bible says, For the time will come when they, that is people who love lies, will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. What is your own conviction about the word of God? If you are convinced about the word of God, why do you choose to go and heap up teachers who are going to tell you lies? If you do not desire to hear from God, the only thing you are going to hear would be lies. Now, if on the other hand, you desire not to be deceived, then the need to hear from God becomes very, very strong. Thirdly, in Matthew chapter 13, Matthew chapter 13, I'm going to read from verse 10 through to verse 16, verse 10 to 16, the Lord Jesus had told the parable of the soul, and the disciples came and asked him a question in verse 10, and then he, the following was the answer that he gave. And the disciples came and said to him, that is to Jesus, why do you speak to them in parables? He answered and said to them, Because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been given. When people do not want to hear the truth, when people do not want to hear from God, then the only way you can speak to them would be in riddles, in parables, in dark sayings that they will not be able to understand. They will be running all over the place and they will not understand it. But once you desire to hear God, once the need for you to hear God is strong in you and you desire to hear God, the mysteries of the kingdom will be revealed to you. It is a gift that God gives and you will hear the mysteries of the kingdom. Sadly, there are many people who began desiring the mysteries of the kingdom. They got into the mysteries of the kingdom and then they turned aside and now all they tell are stories and fables. They no longer know the mystery of the kingdom. In verse 12, the Bible says, For whoever has, to him more will be given, and he will have abundance. But whoever does not have, even what he has, will be taken away from him. Therefore, I speak to them in parables, because seeing they do not see, and hearing they do not hear, nor do they understand. And in them the prophecy of Isaiah is fulfilled. Which says, hearing you will hear, and shall not understand, and seeing you will see, and not perceive. For the hearts of the people have grown dull, their ears are hard of hearing, and their eyes they have closed. They closed their eyes themselves. They didn't want to see. Their ears are hard of hearing. They don't want to hear. They want to hear things that will tingle their flesh. It says, lest they should see with their eyes, and hear with their ears, lest they should understand with their hearts and turn, so that I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes for the see and your ears for the hear. When we are able to hear from God, we put ourselves in a position to receive all 
that God has for you and I. And even more than that, to even heal, bring healing to our communities, bring healing to our nation through intercession and repentance on behalf of the nation. But we need to be desirous to hear God. There are things that God is saying to us at this time. Things that God is speaking to us as a nation. It requires us to hear from God clearly because God is looking for people who will join him in intercession, who will intercede on behalf of communities, on behalf of people's groups, on behalf of nations, nationalities, so that he can bring a blessing to them. Fourthly, in 1 John chapter 5, 1 John chapter 5, and I'm going to be reading verse 14 and 15. 1 John chapter 5, verse 14 and verse 15. Now, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. In verse 15, he says, And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions that we have asked of him. How can we be confident in our prayers when we don't know the will of God? How can I be confident that what I am asking God is in accordance with his will? How can we pray according to the will of God when we don't know what the will of God is on any matter? How do we know the will of God on any matter when we have not yet heard from God? This is the reason why we need to hear from God. It is true that one of the ways by which God speaks to us is his written word. But there are certain things that we will need to hear from him interpreting the written word, speaking to us either audibly through things that we see around, making things known to us. But first, we need to be able to hear from God. There are many things that God wants us to pray about, that God wants us to pray for. People that God would want us to pray for. But we are unable to do that because we don't even know the will of God. There are many people who are not of the Christian faith whom God wants to bring in to the fold. But sadly, many Christians are behaving as if Christianity belongs only to Christians. As though there was anybody born a Christian. Nobody was ever born a Christian. We all heard the message of God and became born again. What do you expect? How do you want to tell the Muslim, for example, the love of God when all you are spewing is hate? Let me tell you the truth. God's desire for us to remain in this land as one cohesive unit is gospel-based. It has nothing to do with tribe. It has nothing to do with ethnicity. It has nothing to do with personalities. It has everything to do with the Lord Jesus Christ. And I pray that we'll begin to have a strong desire to want to hear from God. In James chapter 4, James chapter 4, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 4. This is the Lord speaks. Where do wars and fights come from among you? Do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? I want to be tall. I don't want to be down. I want to be boss over everybody. These are the problems. I want to have what this other person has. And we are fighting. He says, you lost and do not have. You murder and covet and cannot obtain. You fight and war, yet you do not have because you do not ask. You ask and do not receive because you ask amiss. You don't ask according to his will. You don't even know his will. All you're asking for is for yourself, for your pleasure, that you may spend it on your pleasures. In verse 4, look at the word, the strong word that God uses. Adulterers and adulteresses. An adulterer or adulteress is somebody who is engaging in sexual acts with someone else other than their own spouse. So God is referring to the Christian as adulterers and adulteresses because we are not engaging him 
We are going to engage other people. Do you not know that friendship with the world is enmity with God? Whoever therefore wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. You are not yet a friend. You want to be. If you have that desire to be recognized by the world, you want to be known by the world, you are an enemy of God. How can you then hear God? There are many people today who are carrying the Bible and preaching and yet they are enemies of God because their desire is for faith. Their desire is to be loved by men. It's not what God wants them to do. That they, desire. they don't even know what God wants them to do because they are not hearing from them. They are picking the scriptures, turning it upside down as it will suit them and suit their hearers. Their hearers also love to hear it so. And we have a problem on our hands. Fifthly, which will be the final take before we round up. Romans chapter 10, and I'm going to be reading verse 17 to verse 21. Romans 10 from verse 17 to verse 21. So then, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But I say, have they not heard? Yes, indeed. Their sound has gone out to all the earth, and their words to the ends of the world. But I say, did Israel not know? First, Moses says, I will provoke you to jealousy by those who were not a nation. I will move you to anger by a foolish nation. But Isaiah is very bold and says, I was found by those who did not seek me. I was made manifest to those who did not ask for me. But to Israel, he says, all day long, I have stretched out my hands to a disobedient and contrary people. Your faith in God must hinge not only on hearing from your pastor or hearing from the pulpit. More importantly, your faith must be from your own personal relationship and interaction with God himself. Otherwise, you'll be deceived. The Bible says, did Israel not hear? It's not as if the word had not gone out. Have we not heard? It's not as if the word of God has not gone out. But we refuse. We choose rather to listen to others. In Hosea chapter 4, Verse 12, Hosea chapter 4, verse 12. I'm not going to read it. God said there that his people prefer to listen to stalks, the stalk of a tree. That is how God describes those idol images made of wood. Rather than talk to God, people will prefer to go and talk to a piece of wood, talk to an idol. Some pastors have become idols. People will come to them and say, Hey, Pastor, I want you to pray for me. What is God saying? Tell them to go and hear from God for themselves. Tell them to go back and pray. Stop breeding lazy Christians. Stop breeding lazy people. Let them go back to God and ask him. That is, your role is not to be telling them everything. Your role is to teach them doctrine and encourage them to seek God for themselves. Rather than make you an indispensable part, it is God that should be indispensable. So let me quickly summarize. In a world of false news, of photoshopping, of video shopping, of, of audio manipulation, of so there are so many things that's taking place in the world today where they can put the face, they can put my face and manipulate my lips to move and yet I'm not the one speaking and they are speaking for me. It's my voice. It's my image. It's everything. In a world like that, if you are not careful, you'll be amongst those who will carry machetes, carry guns to go and kill other people. But when you're able to hear from God, God will tell you, this is not true. This is not real. There are so many advice on social media on how to detect fake news, but people will never listen. And what is sad to me is that those who say they are Christians have fallen for such things. I listened to something once in the nation of India, how people were killed because some people began to spread rumor on social media. We need to be responsible. Freedom of speech 
does not give you the right to now en encourage people to act in a manner that would impede on the freedom of other people. We cannot be telling lies and say that we're having freedom of speech. What is even sad is how pastors are now engaging their congregants in falsehood. Brother and my sister, you need to hear from God. God will tell you whether what you are hearing from the pulpit, what you are reading in the newspapers, what you are listening to on social media is the truth or is falsehood. He will tell you if you will open yourself. We've also noted that it is a choice whether we want to hear God or we want to listen to some other person. If you make a choice not to hear God, it's your fault. It's not, it's not anybody's fault. It's not even the environment that you are growing in. Let's even assume that you are in such a horrible spiritual slum as Samuel had grown up. If indeed you have a desire to hear from God, God will speak to you. So it is not about the environment. It is whether you have a desire to listen to God. That is the crucial thing. Otherwise, you'll be sucked into falsehood and deceit and deception of all kinds. And you will find yourself to blame. I'm reminded at this point in time of the case I hear. I don't know how true it is. But they said there are some young men. They claim them to be Christians who killed a herder. And representation has been made that why should they be killed? Let me tell you something. Thou shalt not kill is thou shalt not kill. You better go and listen. Go and hear the word of God very clearly. This is what God said. Do not avenge yourself. Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay. Why can we not be truthful? The herder that was killed, did he do anything wrong? Can we testify that he did something wrong? Why do we, why do we support iniquity? There is no killing that is justifiable. No killing anywhere. And that is why anybody who is caught must face the full length of the law, regardless of his religion. God, did, God never permitted a Christian to take another man's life. Never. At no time. If God permits such a thing, let's be mindful, let's be very careful that we don't get into an emotional thing. People are beating the drums of religious war in this nation. And I want us to understand the people who are beating these drums, they have the means of leaving this country at a moment and leave the rest to go through it. Be careful. Don't let anybody deceive you. Go and hear God for yourself. You need to hear from God and stop listening to all the things that's going on. On social media. All the writings that are whipping up emotions. There are times I'm reading and I want to respond and God will say keep quiet. That is how it should be. You want to, you want to share, God will say keep quiet. Remove the mouse from that thing. Don't perpetrate iniquity. But we, we don't listen. Before we know what's happening, we've not even finished reading the whole thing. We've shared. We've not even found out whether this is true or not. We've shared. It's a choice you're making whether you want to hear God or not. And you will have yourself to blame and nobody else. We've also spoken about God seeking people who will partner with him to bring his goodness to men through intercession and repentance on behalf of people. In Genesis chapter 18, reading from verse 17, let me just read a, a, a little bit of that. Genesis chapter 18, God was going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He didn't need to tell Abraham anything, but he did. Let's just look at what God said concerning the matter before he told Abraham. And the Lord said from verse 17, Genesis 18 from verse 17, and the Lord said, Shall I hide from Abraham what I am doing? Since Abraham shall surely become a great and mighty nation, and all the nations of the earth shall be blessed in him. For I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him, that they keep the way of the Lord, to do righteousness and justice, that the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him. And the Lord said, that's speaking to Abraham now, because the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is great, 
and because their sin is very great, I will go down now and see whether they have done altogether according to the outcry against it that has come to me, and if not, I will know. Then the men turned away, as those who were following God, the men turned away from there and went towards Sodom. But Abraham still stood before the Lord. And Abraham came near and said, Would you also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Suppose there were 50 righteous within the city. Would you also destroy the place and not spare it for the 50 righteous that were it? Far be it from you to do such a thing as this, to slay the righteous with the wicked, so that the righteous should be as the wicked. Far be it from you. Shall not the judge of all the earth do right? God was dragging Abraham to intercede on behalf of Sodom and Gomorrah, by telling him, and Abraham was able to intercede. Today, God is looking for intercessors, men that he will reveal truth to, and say, look, it is because of the iniquity of the land. It is because of the murders in the land. It is because of the corruption in the land. It is because of the, the way government officials over the years have done that I am bringing judgment upon this land. And then those who are intercessors, they say, Lord, on behalf of this nation, I repent. We repent. Confusion belongs to us. Indeed, we have shed innocent blood in this land. Indeed, we have removed justice from those who deserve to be given justice. We have elevated things that we ought not to have elevated. We have put down things that we ought to have raised up. We have committed crimes. We Even the church. God wants to speak to us about the church. We need to go to God and say, Lord, have mercy. That in the church, we have brought your name to shame, to disrepute. Our leaders have been involved in corrupt acts. They have banded into groups to safeguard themselves. We need to cry and say, Lord, have mercy on us. God is looking for people that he will let into some deep secrets. I can't tell you many of those things here. Deep secrets that he wants to tell. And he's looking for men who will, in one corner, they are not interested in public faith. Men and women who just want to intercede for the land that they're living in. It is time to bring peace to our nation. And there's only one way it can come. It's not going to come through election. It's not going to come through PVC. It's not going to come through removing somebody or putting another person. That's not going to come. It's going to come by God. The Lord Jesus was going somewhere. The storm arose. He stood up in the boat and said, Peace! Still. Nothing could have calmed that storm except the word of God. God is looking for men and women who will partner with him in the place of intercession. Are you ready to hear God over and above this noise, this drum beat of war, this drum beat of fighting, this, this passion and emotion that have nothing to do with God? We cannot be confident in our prayers when we have not heard from God on what he wants us to pray about or how we should pray. You cannot be confident about the solution to the problems of this country until you have heard from God and God has told you how you should present the matter before him. Then you will pray and you'll be confident that something will happen. No matter how long it takes, you will be confident that it will surely happen. Finally, it's noted that your faith can only be as strong and steadfast as what you know you have heard from God. If you are certain that God says A, even when B, C, D, E, F, G are all swimming around, your, your faith can never shift from A. That is why it is important that you hear from God. But we are not hearing from God. We are hearing from stocks. We are hearing from people who just tell us things that will make us excited. We are hearing from people who are telling us all manner of things. And we are believing them. In Mark chapter 4, which I mentioned earlier, Mark chapter 4, 35 to 39, the Lord Jesus was so sure when he said to his disciples, let us go over to the other side. 
He was so sure they were getting there. Why? Because he had consulted with heaven. He knew he was going there. And we later would know, would discover that. It was because there was the madman of Gatara on the other side that he was going there to bring deliverance to. So he was sure that they were getting there. But the storm arose in the middle of the, of the journey. And whilst his disciples were running at that he was sleeping. He was confident. That's the kind of confidence that God wants us to have. He wants to tell you things in advance. And say, look, I am taking your country somewhere. I am taking the church somewhere. I am taking you somewhere. Regardless of whatever you see around, you are going to get there. And then you can be confident. You can stand up and say, peace. Be still. In John chapter 11, the same thing. They, they sent for the Lord Jesus that, that Lazarus was seriously ill. The Bible says that the Lord Jesus tarried longer than necessary. By the time he was ready to go, he told his disciples, that, let me tell you, Lazarus is dead. They said, ah, he said, I'm saying it so that you will know. But don't worry, I'm going to wake him up. Why was Jesus so sure that he delayed? Because he knew his father had told him, stay. I want to prove finally to all men that you are the resurrection and the life. Let Lazarus die. Let his body be in the grave for four days. And then we will bring him back to life. He was so confident that for all the noise, oh, why were you not here? If only you were here. And people grieving and crying. He said, roll away the stone. He said, Lazarus, come forth. And the Bible says that he that was dead came. Uh, bound up everything. Have you not wondered how a man that was bound, because in those days when they want to bury, you actually bind the person completely, hand, foot, everything. How did he move out? What was it that he was working with? Because when he got to the entrance of the cave, the Lord Jesus said, lose him and let him go. He was still bound. That is the power that is in the word of God. The confidence that we have in the word of God. That no matter how bound the situation is, we can call it forth and then we can lose it later. God wants to speak to us. To make us have that kind of assurance. Faith cometh by hearing. That kind of faith will only come as you hear God. As you know that this is God speaking. Let me conclude by letting you know that God wants to tell you what others don't know. That are only making guesses. Many people are just guessing all kinds of things. Oh, we know who will win the elections in 2019. We know who will become this. We know who will become that. No, they don't know anything. They are just using permutations and guessing. I recall a photograph that I saw recently of some pastors who gathered around one presidential candidate in the last election, laying hands on him and praying and assuring him that he was going to win the election. Those are false prophets. Whatever title they were. And these were people that we respect. But they had lied to him. But the question is, do you really want to hear from him? Do you really want to hear from him? God will tell you many things that cannot allow you to remain in many of the churches where you are now. He will tell you certain things that will let you know that something is wrong where I am. Are you ready to hear God? Are you willing to hear God? Jeremiah heard from God and he gave an unpopular prophecy. He told the people of Judah, he said, go and submit to Nebuchadnezzar. They couldn't believe it. How will God want us to submit to Nebuchadnezzar? God said, I have given Nebuchadnezzar the world. Go and put your neck under him. And you won't have a problem. They refused to listen. In the end, they went into exile. If only they had listened. But Jeremiah was sure of what he heard. And he spoke accordingly. That is why it is important to hear from God. And know what is happening. This Jeremiah, even when Nebuchadnezzar had conquered Judah. Nebuchadnezzar, they brought Jeremiah to Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar told Jeremiah, if you want to come with me, it's alright. If you want to remain, it's alright. And the choice is yours. He had that freedom to choose. What of Nikaya that we mentioned earlier on? Micaiah heard from God. He was sure. And he told, he told Ahab the king. He said, sir, God's desire is that you will die in that battle. And God had, was asking, who will get Ahab to go? A lying spirit came and said, 
I will go and become a lying spirit in the mouth of his prophets. God said, go, you will succeed. Ahab did not want to listen to that. He knew it was the truth, but he didn't want to listen to it. Let me tell you something. When you have heard from God, you can stand in the midst of opposition that is greater in number because you know from whom you have heard. What of Samuel? Samuel heard from God and he was confident. He knew that as for Eli and his children, it was just going to be a matter of time. Now I'm saying to you, what is it that you have heard from? I'm not talking of these strange things that I'm hearing people talk about. Talk about it. God spoke to me about a contract. God spoke to me about a car. I'm not saying God cannot speak to you about those things, but I'm asking the question, to what intent? There must be an intent, and that intent is kingdom-based. That intent has to do with the gospel. That intent has to do with reaching people who are yet to be reached. It's not so that you can put money in your pocket. It's not so that you can become famous for the sake of being famous. Do you want to hear from God? Because God wants to speak to you. Have you made up your mind to turn away from deception, from lies and falsehood, and seek God, the living God? And I want to encourage you. Turn to God now. Tell him, Lord, I want you to speak to me. I've been hearing all kinds of things and becoming confused. But I know that you are not a God of confusion, but a God of order and decency. Lord, speak to me. I guarantee that God will speak to you, provided you are willing to hear from you. The problem has always been our refusal to obey God. If God is speaking to you and you are not obeying him, why should he speak more to you? God is not going to speak beyond the order that you have refused to carry out. If God tells you to go to A and you have not carried it out and you want him to speak about B, C, D, why would he, when you have not done A, pray that the Almighty God will show you mercy. Even as you go in repentance, say to him, Lord, I've been doing things on my own. Henceforth, I want to begin to hear from you. Come and speak to me and glorify you. And until we meet again, God bless you.